Welcome to Hello Me, It's Me, Vulnerable AF, a podcast hosted by Nikki D. Lovely. That's really just her diary disguised as a podcast, but who cares? You're here for it. Join in as she addresses her self-reflections on life, love, and dating, and gives us all the tea by being more vulnerable than she ever has with herself and the world. So let's get started in today's episode with Nikki D. Lovely, already in progress. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Hello Me is Me, a podcast where I basically am talking to myself. Now, I say I'm talking to myself. Obviously, you're here as well, listening to what it is I have to say. And I would like to thank you for that because you did not have to be here. But the reason why I started this podcast is because a lot of times what happens is I have always been one of those people who has not opened up. I'm a person who I come across as an extrovert. But I'm really very introverted when it comes to matters that are personal to my heart. I have been through a lot. And I say this so, what's the word, Uh, as though it means nothing, but it does mean a lot. It's just that I've kind of processed it. And people do this all the time where they've gone through very rough experiences in their lives and they have not fully processed it or have fully processed it. So they're able to talk about it without much emotion. And I can probably say that I've done both. But I will say I've been through I've been through some things and I should probably call the podcast I've been through some things, but so have so many of us. But yeah, here I am exposing my soul to the world and inviting you to come along with me on this journey. Now, today, what I would like to discuss is (laughs) I'm laughing because anybody who knows me knows that I haven't been dating for a while. And today what we will be discussing is getting back into the dating game and when I say getting back into the dating game I see getting back into the dating game for me because I have been single since I've had my second daughter and I think that is what was most important in starting this new journey of me dating was trying to heal all the old traumas that I had been going through so that I didn't bring that into my next relationship because when I say that I have had some trauma I have had some trauma that even in dating now, has resurfaced to the point where I want to cave into myself and just give up. But I will say that I know I have grown so much based on the men that I'm dating because when I can say to them, you know, I'm not feeling comfortable, I'm about to go into myself and for the guy that I'm talking to to reach out and be like, you know what, it's okay, don't do that you're fine. We're fine. That, and I'll go into this a little bit more detail later, but that is the type of reassurance I needed. And some may say, oh, you still sound like you're going through things and you're probably still not ready for dating. We're always going to be going through something. So to be like, we have to be completely healed before we can experience love again, to me is nonsense because that's how I used to feel. I used to Well, first off, I used to feel two things. One, I used to feel like I have to be a complete whole person, all my shit together before I can find someone who loves me. And that's farthest from the truth because we all know that there's a million 
incomplete people running around here with partners, right? Now, that doesn't mean they're in the best relationships, but from what I can tell, they seem to be pretty freaking happy. And I'm not in everybody's bedrooms, so I don't know what's really going on. But there are tons of couples, and I mean couples, people who are coupled up. Now, statistics show that there are more single people in this day and age than there ever have been in previous generations. But that still does not mean that there are not people who are still happily married and happily coupled up, right? So I say all that to say, it was time for your girl to get back out there, all right? So I've been in Louisiana for the past year. Don't ask me how I'm doing it. The first year was beautiful. I needed the time off. I needed the space. I needed the solitude. I needed the quietness. I loved it the first year. Second year, I'm going into my second year now. We moved here in February of last year. This is now, what, June? Going into the second year has been a little bit more trying. I'm from Los Angeles, and there's a lot to do there. There's a lot of opportunities. You know, if you want a job, you can go get a job, even though I've never been a job person. But if I wanted one, I could go get one, right? Here, it's a little bit more slow paced. There's not a lot to do. I mean, like, everybody goes to the same bar every Saturday and Sunday night. It's just like, it's just one of those things where it's like, okay, I've done this. And what else is there to do? Oh, wait, there's nothing? Okie dokie, back to my house, to cooking and watching Netflix, okay? Or doing work or starting a podcast, which is what I'm doing right now. And I guess to be, if I'm being fair, the reason why I came out here was so that I could get more focused. So that's what we're doing. We're getting more focused. But now, back to being focused on dating. <laughs> so now that I have gotten out of that that one year like of doing nothing no dating celibacy all of that I was like you know what I'm gonna get back out there I'm gonna start dating and I cannot believe I'm about to share my love life as a matter of fact I'm probably gonna have to put like some stipulations on everything that I'm sharing but since I'm talking to me this is me talking to me right we can just put it all out there when I first started I got on all the dating sites. I mean, I was on all of them. But I was, I could tell I wasn't serious because although I was talking to people, I wasn't really talking to people, you know? I was just talking to them for a little bit. And then the next thing you know, I'm, if they mentioned meeting, I really wouldn't meet them. Which to me goes to show that I really wasn't that interested, okay? But I will say in January, I think I started talking to someone. It was January. Um, I started talking to somebody it was. It was the first. It was the first because he asked me what I was doing for New Year's. And I, I'm one of those superstitious people that I'm like, if you're with somebody for New Year's that you're supposed to be with that person like forever or for at least for the rest of the year. So I was like, oh, he says we're doing for New Year's. Maybe we can get together and it's going to be my new boo thing. Because I did my little res. I did my little, what do you call those things where you, you make your, your board? I did my vision board for New Year's. And I had to put like, I'm getting married this year. I'm finding me a new man. All this other stuff. So, you know, I'm getting money. All that stuff that you put on your vision board and I had put my husband on here so I was like okay all right this is this looks good and to be fair our first meeting I actually went to him so he lives in New Orleans so I'll have to say it even though like the date went really really well I was like oh I really like this guy he wound up passing out drunk at the end of the night now for me you would think that because I'm smaller and I'm definitely not from New Orleans when I tell you that these people can drink out here these people can drink I would have thought I would have been the one that would have passed out. But no, he passed out. Luckily, he drove to his house and passed out at his house. And I was like, okay, interesting. I don't want to be in a random man's house. Definitely don't want to be here when he wakes up. So I caught an Uber and I went, I had a hotel and I went back to my hotel. And that was my first impression of that first date. And to be fair, 
that was my first red flag and I should have held on to it. But we wanted to see each other again a couple more times. And I actually really liked him. You know, despite the fact that there were several other red flags that showcased themselves later, I had fun with him. He reminded me of home. And I will say that that was probably should have been the one thing that should have been my tick off. Because even though he reminded me of home, like he was boisterous, he was funny, he made me laugh. There was another aspect of him that was not like the positive part of home, right? And without going into too much of my family history, um, I, I will say this, that I don't drink a lot. Like I'm a social drinker and I'm not a smoker. Okay, so I'm not putting off anybody who does that, but he was a drinker and a smoker, right? And I found that I can do things without that, but some people can't. And one of the things for me was always like, I feel like I need to be with somebody who doesn't have to have that in order to like relax. Like they don't have to have a drink. They don't have to smoke. Like they can just be themselves and they don't have to have that. Now, I know some people just can't, but for me... I, I need that. So when that relationship fizzled out, I was like, you know what? Still operated in love. So even like during the breakup, because I mean, we was only like, to, when I say together, it was only like talking for two months, right? But even when we both decided that it wasn't going to work, because one of the things was I, I know I need communication. And he was always so busy, like, to the point where he couldn't even tell me he was busy. And to me, that is like a red flag. And that, that's just for me. Like, I understand, like, I can understand he's busy. I just need you to say, you know what? I can't talk to you right now. I'm so sorry. I'm busy. But I'm thinking about you. You know, or like, send me like an emoji. Like, I'm thinking about you. And I had stated that to him. And when I asked him, I said, you know what? I don't think you can give me what I need in this moment. He agreed. He said, you know what? You're right. I can't. I respected the hell out of this man for being able to say, you know what? He went, he dug deep. Or maybe he didn't even dig that deep. Maybe he's like, you know what? I'm done with this girl. Like, I know I don't have the time. But either way, he was honest with himself and he was honest with me enough to say, this isn't going to work out. And I had gotten to the point where I was just like so tired of like, I don't want to say begging for attention from him, but I had realized that our attachment style had gotten toxic. I had become the anxious attachment style and he was like an avoider. He was like, Run after me. Tell me you miss me. Tell me you love me. Tell me you want me. And then I will leave you on red for two days and then I'll get back to you. That type of anxious, avoidant attachment style. And I don't work well in those. I, I particularly, I'm a secure attachment. And I realized he was an avoidant and he was making me anxious and this wasn't going to work. So all that, you know, psychology out the way to say that that didn't work out. I have not dated for so long that now I'm at the point where I'm like, okay, Let's get back out there. Let's just see. I can't, I don't believe in putting all my eggs in one basket so soon because I realized from that last relationship that anything could happen, right? Now, I will say that the men that I'm dating are on a totally different level than the first guy that I'm dating. And they are bringing out emotions inside of me and making me deal with things that I never thought I would have to do it again. Like I'm being triggered in ways I never thought imaginable. Never. Number one, I never thought I'd ever fall in love again. Let me just say that. 
And I will say that I'm feeling like these butterflies and like I feeling like I'm falling in love again. Now that is scary for me to admit, but I'm trying to sit in it. I'm trying to sit in like, wow, okay. Like Nikki, I think like you are, you really like this person. When you start seeing your future with people, I feel like that's when you're like, oh, okay, this could be something, right? Or like when you guys both start talking about it, oof, oh my goodness. That's when you're like, oh, okay, this this could really be something, right? And I think that's kind of where I am with things. So although I said I was going to talk more about dating, I think I'm going to end it here where it's really more about the feelings that I'm invoking due to the dating. And let's talk about how we sabotage our relationship sometimes because of how we're feeling. Several times I've, I've done this. I can get into my own head so quickly. All my doggies are coming in to say hi. I can get into my head so quickly. It's it's ridiculous. Like, if I text a guy and he hasn't texted me back, you know, within three or four hours, y'all might as well call police because something happened to him. You know, his phone must be dead. Someone kidnapped him. You know, like my head goes so many different types of ways. I'm a writer. So believe me when I tell you I can come up with the most creative thing in the world to draw out of my butt, I will do it. Okay. All, or I could be like, oh, he's not interested anymore. I will immediately go there. You know, not that he's busy. Not that he has a job, Nikki. Now that he works from nine to five, you know, it's like he's just not interested all of a sudden. I have a homegirl who's hard about texting. So if anything, I should be able to conclude that not everybody is great at texting. So if I text them and they don't text back, doesn't mean that they're not thinking about me. doesn't mean that that's the end of the world. But that's immediately where my head goes, right? So that's one of the ways that I sabotage things for myself when I'm talking to people. Um, is like, okay, if I hit you up, you better hit me up right away. Or like, I'm immediately cutting you off. You're already cheating on me. You're not thinking about me. You're talking to a million other girls. And I've never seen myself as that type of person. But to be honest, I don't date to the extent where I allow people to have my heart. I've never done that. And I don't want to say never because I have. But I think I think the trauma of being done so dirty, like my ex did me, not my, like my most recent ex, but like my junior high guy that I wound up getting married to he did me so dirty I think most of my trauma and and issues that I have when it comes to love started from that relationship and this man was so he was so broken that's the word I'm looking for this man was so broken and he was a young he was a young boy let me not even call him a man this young boy was so broken because we were we were kids he he had gone through so much he had, had so much trauma. I mean, at such a young age, this, this young kid. I mean, things I would never think. The, the worst things you could think about being done to a kid. I mean, think about that being done to this man. The man that I would call like my first love. The, the boy that I would call my first love. And so there was just so much trauma to unpack. And for me to be such a young kid trying to help this young kid unpack all this trauma like I mean looking at it now and thinking I mean it just sounds stupid it's like it was just a recipe for disaster for me 
like for me to take that on and and that's what I did I took all of it on I took it all on and I still couldn't take on everything that I could to take from him to give to me because he was only giving me his broken pieces right because even he hadn't healed so anyway being coming from that broken relationship I I look at even things that I do now they all stem from who I was as a 14 year old girl like I operate from a 14 year old girl standpoint the anxiety, the anxiousness, the how come you didn't text me back right away? That's the 14-year-old girl in me who was broken by that broken boy who cheated on me, basically, with a million different women. Like, I would have, I don't say women, girls. I would have girls just come to me, like, out of nowhere when I was in middle school and be like, oh, you think you're talking to so-and-so? Oh, well, I had him last night. Or you think you're talking to so-and-so? Oh, well, how come he called me last night? Like, just that type of, I mean, that was just like, that's just little stuff. Just that type of like betrayal and heartache and heartbreak, you know, especially when you give yourself to someone and you think that that person loves you and you love that person. And you're like, it's your first love, you know, it's that puppy love. To be heartbroken like that, like I protected my heart at all costs from that point forward. So I can't even say in my last relationship with my youngest daughter's, I can't even like put everything on him. Like I never put everything on him because I realized that I was broken from that first relationship trying to build something when I wasn't even completely healed yet. Like ah, I was so broken and we'll talk about this on another podcast. But going back to dating and realizing that dating is creating like a lot of triggers for me. It's opening up like a lot of wounds. It is opening up like and I am allowing them to open like this the guy that I'm talking to now like with the the texting and stuff right I had to like really sit down with myself and be like are you upset at him for not texting you back immediately or is this a you issue and when I sat down and thought about it I realized like I told you before it was a me issue it was a 14 year old anxiety issue because this man when I tell you this man always gets back to me it may be at the end of the day right but he does always get back to me and it's just my mind that's going crazy in the meantime and when I say he has a valid excuse I want to say a valid excuse a reason I'm gonna give him a reason when he says there's a valid reason for not getting back to me it's a valid reason so I say all this to say you don't have to wait until you're completely healed to date I do say you need to have done the work I've done the work I did like three years of therapy do I need more? Probably. I feel like we need a lifetime of therapy, to be honest, because I'm still trying to deal with these issues as they're arising right now. And I feel like I need to be talking to my therapist. But I'm not in the state anymore. And whatever. I'm talking to you. I'm talking to myself. How about that? We're working out these issues. I think the thing is, though, when you feel something come up, and I call it anxiety, when you feel the anxiety come up, the anxiousness, the like, ooh, I think in those moments, you have to stop and say, what is this? What is this? Is this what I think it is? Is this the other person or is this me? And what I've learned is nine times out of 10, it's not even about the other person. Now, yeah, that other person may be triggering something that happened from your past, right? Because like in my instance, the fact that I text this guy, he didn't text me back immediately. It made, it reminded me of when I tried to reach out to my ex when I was 14 and he would just like go for days, like 
this dude would literally go for days without talking to me. And then just pop back up like nothing happened, right? That whole ghosting thing. Even though he had a valid excuse because he was probably getting kicked out of his house at the time. Um, it was still painful for me. And it, in those situations, the texting situations look like there's a fire. My brain says, oh, wait, there's a fire. This reminds me of that time. It doesn't tell me it reminds me of that time. But the anxiousness like, oh, wait, 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 this, uh, we've been here before. Gotta leave, gotta run, gotta go, gotta protect your heart. You need to stop and say, ask yourself, is this really a fire? It feels like it's a fire. My brain is telling me it's a fire. It's those neurological brain waves that's going through my brain. It's like, wait, it's a fire, it's a fire, fire. Stop, stop it. Look around, ask yourself, is this really a fire? You can even ask him. That's what I've been doing lately, putting myself out there a lot more. Is this something I need to be worried about? I'm going to let you know up front. I haven't had this conversation with him yet. But I'm going to let you know up front that... Actually, I did. I had a conversation today. I'm going to let you know my brain kind of goes a little wacky. If I don't hear from you, this is what happens. And you can just tell me, like, one way or the other. And he's like, you have nothing to worry about. Like, chill out, babe. You're good. And that's it. That's all I needed. All I needed was, like, just that little reassurance. And when I tell you, when you fall more in love, which is kind of scary for me, it's like, I feel like I'm falling more and more in love with this man every single day to the point where I think I'm really fucking scared but excited at the same time but like also to the point where I tell you when you're dating other people and you know like who you really like at the end of the day and you know you should probably start trying to let other people go because their feelings are starting to get involved as well it's scary because I've always had this thing where I date safe men and I date, I call them like a little bit more of a bad boy at the same time. And it's not that the bad boy is really bad. It's just that like, I'm probably like a little bit more attracted to the bad boy, quote unquote bad boy. We give them a bad boy title, but they're really not bad boys. Like they're just like, I'm gonna call them really attractive men. So I always have like the good guy. Good guy's always attractive too. Don't get me wrong. But then I always have like the bad boy who like, I like to say, like, women are probably actively pursuing them. And because my situation with my previous ex, he was, like, the bad boy that everybody was pursuing when we were in middle school. Definitely not anymore, but that's another topic. I'm a little leery of bad boys. And so I tend to, like, if he's good-looking and he's attracted to me, man, like, I'm automatically putting him in, like, I'm not even giving you the time of day, right? I'm not even giving you the time of day. Don't look this way. Don't talk to me about a relationship because I already know there's no way this is really going to happen the way I think it's going to happen. And I shoot myself in the foot every single time because I'm saying I don't deserve this man. I don't deserve someone I'm attracted to. I don't deserve someone like I'm 100% into. I do that to myself every time. I'm the one that gets rid of that relationship. I'm the one that cuts that relationship off before it even begins. But anyway, as I was saying, um, what was I saying? Ah, shoot. My train of thought just went out the window. I was talking about the bad boy and how I always kind of just shut that off. That's right. So I shut off the bad boys, even though I'm really attracted to the bad boy. Like at the end of the day, let me stop calling him the bad boy. Let me call him the like desirable guy. 
Mr. Desirable. I always have two. It is my MO when I start dating. And you guys know I haven't been dating really for the past year. And when I say dating, I haven't been dating, period. I haven't been dating since my last. I really have not dated seriously. When I say dating seriously, like I dated for fun. That was it. I was not serious. Even when I said I was serious, I was not serious. If y'all have read my book, No F-Boys Allowed, I like basically tell you guys my whole story when it comes to dating. I was not dating for anything serious. Matter of fact, I dated men who were looking for something serious. And because I was not, I I want to break in their hearts. Because I thought I was looking for something serious, but I wasn't. It's a lot of people out here who think they're looking for something serious and they're not at all. They think they are though. Like, so don't get it twisted. They think they want they think they know what they want they're like oh I want to come in a relationship but then as soon as they see it something that looks similar or they see like the challenges or they see that they have to cut people off then they start getting FOMO then they start getting scared then they're like oh dude is this something I really want like they say they want one thing but then it's like eh, I don't think that's what you really want dude and they'll, it shows by their actions. And people be like, oh, they just don't really want it with you. No, 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 no. That may be part of it. But a huger part <laughs> or a bigger part of it is that they just don't know what they want right now. They, the idea sounds nice. It's like the idea of going to Disneyland sounds nice. Until you take five screaming kids with you. I mean, you need five, two. So you take two screaming kids with you and then like they're tired by 3 p.m. And then half of them, well, one of them needs a nap and the other one you have to run around, you know, and catch all day or you can't ride the rides you really want to ride because you got these little kids with you. The idea was nice. The idea was fun. And I'm not saying Disneyland is not fun because Disneyland can't be fun. But I'm just saying the idea of Disneyland is a lot more fun than actually like waiting in line for three hours for one ride in the hot sweltering sun okay so if we put it into that perspective the idea was nice the execution of it mm, maybe not so nice okay so i think that's kind of also where i'm 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 saying about even dating for me now i'm realizing that the idea is nice the execution right now and all the triggers that i'm going through all the the self-work that I'm still continuing to do as I'm talking to people and feeling open to love again. Man, when I tell you like that love thing, oh, I think so many people aren't willing to go past the second date because, or the third or fourth date, because when they start feeling those emotions, they're like, oh, I'm getting vulnerable. Oh, wow. No, can't have that. Nope. Got to cut this off. Got to find a way to cut this off. Right? Like people are scared to be vulnerable. People are scared of vulnerability. Seriously so yeah and there's anything I can say to me for me it's it's okay like I know this is new to you again you know you're finally opening yourself up 10 years later and I know it may seem scary right now I know it's difficult for you it's a little different because you're putting yourself out there but what do they say like about trying new things in order to have something you've never had before you got to do some things you've never done right 
So you can't keep doing the same thing over and over again, expecting a different result. Like I can't keep going on a million first dates. At some point, you are going to have to make the decision like, is this man, I don't even want to say good enough, but I feel like you do at some point you do have to settle. You do have to say, all right, I'm going to try here. This man checks all my boxes. I mean, yeah, maybe some things might not look the way like I wanted them to look, but hell yeah, like, let's go for it. Like, he's a good man. Let's do the damn thing. And I think right now I'm at the point where I'm just kind of ready to do the damn thing. Like, even if I fall flat on my face, I'm ready to open up my heart again. I'm I'm ready for that. Like, I'm, like, at that place now where I'm 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 ready for, like, I'm ready for all the chills. I'm ready for the butterflies. Like, I've been getting them with the guy that I'm talking to now. And, like, I'm ready to continue this journey towards just seeing what it looks like. Like, honestly, I date with the purpose of marriage, like, right now. But if it doesn't work out towards marriage, then you know what? So be it. Like, back on the horse I am. I'm getting right back up on there. Because there is nothing that you cannot have if you put in the time, effort, and work and sacrifice. If I had to sacrifice my heart because it's been guarded for so long, it's been guarded. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not just putting it out there for anybody. But I am willing to put my heart out there for someone who I'm like, okay, cool. I think this man gets me. And if he doesn't, and if, if we don't get it, which I've been telling myself a lot of times too, I prayed about it. I was like, can I just say, and then I'm going to end this podcast, but... um. Every time I've been feeling anxious lately, I, I would tell you this whole journey in, in love has, besides a, a book I'm reading called A Course in Miracles, Ret- A Return to Love, that's the name of the book. Aside from that book that I've been reading, this whole dating journey has gotten me a lot closer to God because I've been feeling a lot of that same anxiety I felt when I was 14, which means I've been having to get down on my knees. And in the book A Return to Love, it says that any anxiety is not real, Right. That is not of us and that we must give it up to God. The only thing that we should consider or worry about is operating in love. So that's been my new philosophy. Everything that I do, I just like to operate in love. And if I feel anxiety, I know that I'm not operating in love. So I have to figure out a way to get rid of it. And so one of the ways I've been trying to do that is by having a lot of prayer. So just so you know, I'm not a very religious person, but I am very spiritual. So I'll get down on my knees and I, I, I feel the anxiety uh, just kind of boil over in me. Like maybe again, like I said, if I text him, he doesn't text back or I'm just feeling anxious about like, I really like this person and I wonder if he likes me too. You know, I got on my knees and I prayed about it and you know, people call it the Holy Spirit. I say the Holy Spirit took over and said, don't worry. Like the last thing you need to stress about is this particular person. Like when I say like, there has been so much peace in just the prayer of this person. It was just kind of like the answer I got was like, just let it be. Like whatever it is, just let it be. Without anxiety, without like any like bad spirit in your in your being. Like it's basically kind of just like, you don't need to pray to me about this. Like whatever this is, is it's going to be what it's going to be. And it's kind of like, just telling me like whatever it is accept it because it will be for your good if it doesn't work out guess what it was for your good because if it doesn't work out you i don't want to say have options 
But you have other things you could be doing. You have other people you could be with. Like, this isn't your only person. If this is not your person, there's someone else out there, right? So stop the anxiousness. Stop the worry. Just be. Just let it be. That literally is what I get when I pray about this man. Just let it be. Whatever it is, just let it be. And that's where I am. Like I've never been in a space like this where I've just, okay. That's like me like fighting off anxiousness. Okay, just let it be. It's all right. So I say all that to say. Sometimes you just have to let things be. And I know I started this off with dating and my dating life and all that. But at the end, there's always a message for myself, from me to me. And for me to me, the the message in this is just let it be, sweetheart. No anxiety, no nothing. If it's meant for you, it's going to be. There's no need to be anxious. The anxiousness just takes away from whatever else you're doing. Or if you have that anxiousness, you need to convert that anxiousness into something else. You need to use that anxiousness. That's energy that's being given to you. Because I already said that God doesn't give you anxiousness. Just love. So if you have anxiousness, take that anxiousness and convert it into love. Convert it into something else. In this case, I'm converting this into a podcast. I'm about to finish some work I need to be doing. Later, I'm going to convert any other anxiousness I have over it into some poetry. But whatever it is, let things be. Take what's given to you and make it into something else that you can give to the world. Take something negative and make it into a positive. You got this. You got this. So on that note, I have rambled on long enough. I'm going to let you go. But I want you to know that I love you, that I have always loved you, and that I appreciate everything that you've done and continue to do for us. And so this wraps up this episode. And until next time, just keep on keeping on. Thank you so much for joining me for another episode of hello me it's me with nikki d lovely just remember you can't change who you were yesterday but you can always learn and grow to become a better version of yourself today so make sure you do the mental work today for the future you tomorrow and i will see you next week and in the meantime make sure that you check me out on my instagram at nikki d lovely or one underscore broke underscore mama you can also find me at NikkiDLovely.com and check out my book, No F Boys Allowed. I also have a poetry book coming out pretty soon, so just a little shameless plug. But either way, I will see you guys next time, and thanks again. Bye.